Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Dawn of X podcast. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by the sleepy. I am very sleepy. Thank you for noticing. Um, I am in my pajamas, too. We're doing this remotely. My name is Josh Everybody. So if you haven't listened, this is the show where we review every two weeks of the current run of X-Men of the Dawn of X line. And um, this week, we're only covering a few books, but we're going to cover more next week. So this week, we're covering issue seven of X-Men, issue one of Giant Size X-Men, issue one and a half of Wolverine, and issue two of Fantastic Four X-Men. So before we get into it, Josh, what's new in your X-Life? Um, it has been a very trying uh, week with uh, family shit with my... Uh, I have a very elderly grandma so been dealing with a lot of that shit and work is a nightmare so that is why this episode is coming to you on a thursday instead yeah. of a monday <laughs> and it is only covering less than half of the books that have come out there were a lot of books though there were so many books i was looking at when everything was looking like it was going to be on schedule for us i was looking at it i'm like how are we going to do this this episode is going to be too damn long <laughs> like what are yeah. we going to do when you texted me about changing the time, I was like, good, because I didn't read. Yeah, it was just so many of them. Like, oh my God, they were so good. I mean, because next week we'll be covering two different new mutant books. Yes. Excalibur and something else I can't remember. Marauder, I think. One Marauders, one? yeah, Marauders. Or two yes. Marauders. Two Marauders, I think. Yes. So. Lord have mercy. So, what's going on in your. eventful few weeks. What's been going on in your, in your neck of Krakoa? Uh, it has been my lovely girlfriend's birthday. That's right. Also watched a great AEW pay-per-view. Now, when it comes to X-Men news, yes. I flipped out because they finally announced that Hasbro Marvel Legends figures are producing figures based off the X-Men movies. Yeah, only 20 years later. Well, they didn't have the license to do it. Oh, uh, okay. Or I guess yes and no, because Fox had a license for the movie, but they didn't have merchandise, and Marvel didn't want to promote uh didn't own essentially that makes sense yeah, yeah 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 so now that they're done with the almost done with the fox x-men franchise they're just making these beautiful looking figures so they announced like two different wolverines uh swappable head magneto and xavier um deadpool cable domino like awesome figures the domino one looked nice i like that one did they have any because i remember it was a while ago that you sent me that did they have it was um it was the new Xavier in Magneto, right? It wasn't Patrick yeah. Stewart and Ian McKellen. Right? But you can swap their heads to make them the old. Oh, okay. I didn't which doesn't that. really work on the Magneto body, but the Xavier no. one looks good either way. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's sitting down. He's fine. <laughs> he's in a suit and a chair. So yeah. it works either That's way. all you need. You need a wheelchair and you need a bald head and you got yourself an Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> but in X-Men comic news, we have our first mega crossover announced. Yeah, so tell me about it because I have literally read zero about it. It is called X of Swords. Is it X or Ten of Swords? Well, I guess Ten of Swords because of the tarot card. Okay. Which we did see in House of X or Power of X. I think it was, yeah. I, don't, I think it was Power of X. Because, because Moira was, the, was showing cards. Yeah, and, it was, and that was the one that kind of introduced the, the future Chimera people. Yeah. So I think it must have been Power of X then. Anyway. So... Stupid name. I'll say it. I don't like the name. I'm going to be honest with you, man. The amount of letdown I felt when that's what I saw, when I saw a cover of a bunch of X-Men jumping with around with swords, and it was just called X of Swords. I yeah. was like, oh, 
so the bottom's falling out already? Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that I'm feeling. Willing, but I'm willing to, you know, like I, I of course, I, I'm sure it'll be great. But I am traditionally bad. wrong, so I'm, I'm willing to be wrong again. Uh, so here's a little brief description of it. It's mainly by Jonathan Hickman, but the whole like X group of different writers. Okay, so is this going to be like every other crossover they do? Like, there's going to be an X of Swords like miniseries and then all the titles are going to fall into that well it like, says exoswords will be a 15 part crossover okay all your favorite x titles so they didn't say there'll be a particular oh, okay so it'd be like an old school crossover where it's like each, it's all like, the books yeah, yeah okay that'd be interesting which works out for people like us <laughs> works out a lot better yeah so the main description is threatened by powerful forces from the unknown mutants will rise up and defend their home arming themselves with legendary blades both new and familiar even kind will finally meet its mystical destiny impacting the entire x-men franchise and setting the stage for the future of mutant kind x of swords will be modern x-men epic that both long-term and new x-men fans can't miss Hmm. so i'm guessing the mythical important yeah, I'm guessing that, that Excalibur sword that Rogue kept telling everyone they shouldn't bury is going to come back. Yeah. The Soul Sword is the only other sword that I can think of that's... Well, in that promo picture, it looked like Cyclops had like a lightsaber. <laughs> okay, well, they do own Star Wars now, so I guess they that do. makes sense. Yeah. New um, and old, you know? <laughs> yeah, so what So what are we thinking? Like the um, Acroa, or however it's pronounced, the other island? Do you think it's those people who lived on the other one are coming back? Or Well, it said Mystical Destiny. And yeah. Only- book right now is Excalibur. I don't know. So this yeah. Be, um Apocalypse executing whatever his real plan is. Yeah, that's true. It could be it's gotta be somehow related to Apocalypse if it's mystical yeah. at this point. Well, so, I mean I'm yeah. interested. I'm interested. I mean obviously we're gonna be reading X Men, so we'll find out how the first crossover I think it's it's interesting to have done so much so much unique storytelling and plotting around these X books though so far and have the first crossover be some weird like medieval sword <laughs> like fan like high fantasy thing. It's kinda weird. But well it's funny that this tease comes out and the cover and content of this week's X-Men issue is Apocalypse with, with a sword, right? Yeah. Doing yeah. His, and uh, the, crucible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so yeah, you want to go ahead and jump into X-Men seven then with that segue? Yes, so, uh, as I said to you, I'm going to do my best to dance around certain topics of this book, because it does bring up some interesting topics. But this issue starts off with a young mutant whose name I immediately forgot, her mutant name. Oh, uh, um, Arrow, I think. Arrow, yes. And it's her waking up in Koa with the, I believe these are the new X-Men from that, from that comic series. Who, the, the woman waking up? No, this is one of the, um, I, I mean, I'm not overly familiar with her, but it's one of the Guthrie kids. It's uh, one of Sam and, and Paige's sisters. Oh, okay. So okay. she's been around before, but not as like, she's not as like prominent as Sam and Paige has been. Yeah, because I've never seen her before. Yeah. Uh, her waking up and they're telling her it's time for her crucible. Now, we don't know what that is so far. No, no, it's it's... All this time, I'm like, am I su- is this supposed to relate to Did the I book? Did I miss something? Yeah, I'm like, my, I'm going back to like my old English major ways. I'm like, is this the book? Are we talking about the book? Are we talking like, what are we doing here? But they all look kind of sad when they mention Exactly, it. yeah. 
then we cut to something that's bringing up a lot of um, debate online. We have Cyclops and Wolverine talking about the Crucible. Okay, wait, before we get to that, I want to... Yeah. So the title of this issue is Life Death, which um, for new X-Men readers, is a, if you haven't read the original Life Death, it's a, a, a story about when Storm loses her powers. Yeah. And basically hangs out with Forge for a while and learns. I actually like, just found a copy of that issue at my oh, local bookstore. Oh, that's all. Did you buy it? It's, that's a, I, I was thinking, I actually thought of you. Oh, and it was for you. It's like six bucks. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's a great issue. If you've never, if you've never read the original Life Death by Chris Claremont, it is so good. And I, when I saw this, I was like, the nerve to name this Life Death. This better <laughs> li- I'm like, this better live up to it. And spoiler alert, I, I, I think it did. Anyway. Yeah. So um, let's go back to the to the two. <laughs> the, let's go back to the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So Cyclops and Wolverine uh, talk about going somewhere, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to approach this good. All right. So essentially, there's a lot of subtext in this conversation. It's v- barely subtext. <laughs> it's pretty overt. Wolverine mentions how he couldn't sleep, and Cyclops mentions because of all his hair. Mm-hmm. Um, which immediately in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and start reading some of this. So we got Cyclops saying to Wolverine, couldn't sleep. Wolverine, never do. It's all that hair. Too hot for covers and it's too cool without them, is what Scott said. Now pause real quick. If you go, hey, Nick, I couldn't sleep last night, man, and I give you an answer like that, you'd be like, Are you in my fucking bed with me? <laughs> I'd be like bold bold claim. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I know we've been intimate, but I, I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a line about her uh, Scott and Jean going somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, he invites them. He told he tells Wolverine that he and Jean are gonna be gone for a few days. He's taking they're taking the kids to, you know, she she space. I forget exactly where now. Yeah. And he just straight up invites Wolverine if he wants to come on the family vacation with him. And he says, Jean in a bikini. Jeannie Jean. Good, sorry. <laughs> Genie in a bikini, Scott in a speedo. Huh. Well, who could say no to that? <laughs> That's all fucking aren't they? They are all getting down. And it's I, a, what Paul Amaris, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fine with it. They just seem so happy about it too. They just seem so and we'll get into it a little bit when we get into the giant size X-Men issue too, because it's yeah, it's true. kinda it bleeds over into that as well. I guess it, yes, they were more coy about it in that one, but yes, they were, and and I have I have some stuff to say because it's basically a shot for shot retelling of an old an older book, but oh, okay. we'll get into it. So so yeah, yeah definitely subtext with that. Definitely starts off with um, Scott and Wolverine just having a quiet, intimate moment. Do we think this is post a louder, intimate moment that they might have just had, or do you think this is? Just- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what more power to them if they found uh, what finally works for them more power they, if they can make it work man then i'm I'm here for it I, i'm here for this weird love triangle slash wh- whatever a love square would be called when you throw emma frost into it when we, we'll get to that but i don't feel emma is actually part of it though no, I feel like she, I do feel like she and Scott still have something going on the side, but I don't feel like she is part of this little family that they've built with Wolverine. Yeah. So then they also mentioned the Crucible and how 
it wasn't really up to them. And Scott even says, like, well, we used to be in charge and make decisions. And Wolverine says, that's not something we should be proud of, really. But yeah. we didn't do a good job. Yeah, and it felt a little bit, too, like he was kind of calling him out on some of his more recent decisions, if you will. Yeah. Like, uh, then they go to Kokoa, and this is our interesting moment because Scott needs advice about the crucible. He wants to talk to a holy man, in his words. And when he goes to Kokoa, he sees uh, uh, what's his name, Cipher. Uh, yeah, Cipher. But then next to him, he sees Warlock. Yeah. Second, and then he's gone. Yeah. What the hell was that? So Warlock is supposed to be dead, and yes. merged with Cipher. So clearly. Uh, Cypher and Cypher's arm it. was normal in the picture. Yeah. And His then, arm's normal and Warlock is there. Yeah. And then when Scott turns back around, Warlock is gone and his arm is back to looking like the techno organic thing that it usually it's does. Definitely not for no reason. <laughs> no, no. Definitely he's found a way to get Warlock back out. And for some reason, they're not telling anyone. But this does bring me back to. Oh, wow. I just, I just did think of this too. So in one of the early House of X books, I think it was, when Xavier brings Doug to Krakoa for the first time to learn to communicate with Krakoa, there is a shot that I've been constantly thinking this is going to come back at some point where Doug touches one of the leaves and the techno-organic virus goes onto that leaf. And so I'm wondering if this is all part of it because he's sitting there with Krakoa. I mean, that's Krakoa's face in they're sitting with too. It's yeah. Doug, Krakoa, and and Warlock just sitting there. So, so I think that might have something to do. I think this is gonna this is dropping a little hint for some bigger stuff coming down the road. Yeah, especially from what we know about the future. The exactly. Yeah. So eventually, Scott finds uh, Nightcrawler and asks him about how he feels about the Crucible. Again, we don't know what the fuck this is. And uh, they have a conversation about this thing on Krakoa that you can go inside, or if you can get inside. Yeah, it looks like it kind of kind of looks like a sword, but it also kind of looks like one of the towers from um, Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah, uh, they talk about this, but they also get into some t- details about religion and and if this what we're doing is right. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt to me like a little bit of passing passing the buck down. Like, well, they decided, you know, we yeah. all, and we don't know what this is. And then we have Exodius, right? Exodius? Exodus, right? Is it just Exodus? Is that- Exodus talking to children. And I really like this moment because it was so cute, right? Like, like it should it was, have been, it, but it was kind of cute. <laughs> it was kind of innocent in a weird way. Yeah. Talking to kids about powers and what happened on House of M and, you know, what Scarlet Witch did. What are the kids, oh. um, like a pretender? Yeah, as soon as he as soon as he show he shows a like a vision of Scarlet Witch in the fire, and as soon as they see her and they, he says her name, all the kids just cover their ears and start screaming, "Pretender, stop, stop! Don't say her name." Now, this is a lot of que- raises a lot of questions too. Like, it's are they saying she's not a mutant? Yeah, they they hinted at this at some point. I, I think it was either in one of the House of X's or one of the very early X Men issues, and they mentioned. Wanda and they call her the great pretender yeah. at some point. So I don't know if because I know they've changed the origin a lot in yeah because of the movie rights and everything. Yeah, so I don't I don't specifically know where it stands right now in Marvel continuity, whether she's 
I'm going to say metahuman, even though I know it's a DC term, whether she's just like yeah. a, a, a superhuman or whether she's a mutant or what, I don't, I don't have any clue what the hell Scarlet, which, or frankly, Quicksilver is supposed to be right. Yeah, now, so. true. Um, and he tells them about how mutants over a million or a million mutants lost their powers. Yep. I never even thought about that until they mentioned it in this moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, I mean, again, I, I was not reading for a while. I thought, um, decimation day or whatever, you know, whatever that series was called. Um, I thought it got resolved. I thought most of the mutants got their powers back eventually, but the way they're talking now, it almost feels like, and, and again, with, with Melody Guthrie, who this is going to start revolving around in a little bit. Um, it seems like it seems like maybe some people never did get their powers back, which is kind of not what I thought. I thought everyone got their powers back at some point. I knew they didn't because during that time frame, when Hope came back, she didn't give people back their powers. She uh, just hided the ability for mutants to be born again. Okay. So yeah, basically, she, okay. When, so yeah, you know, when she reached her potential, she just gave the the gift back because at that time mutants weren't even being born i see so that that was the plot of what was it called second coming right second coming and avengers vs x-men everything in between okay okay so that makes sense and so there so wow that's so that's like a completely unexplored part of krakoa right now that there are a lot of fucking former mutants who probably can't get to krakoa even though they probably still identify as mutant wow that's man that's gonna be fucking heavy so they bring that up and they kind of just say like, well, we can't have a million people kill himself just to come back as mutants. Yeah. I mean, I, like, shit, there, were yeah. So, there were so many parts in this where I'm like, God damn, this is like next level. So, so fucking heavy. Just so such like an existential, philosophical, religious, like exploration of, of superhuman, you know, like it's something that Which you using have- Nightcrawler to bring that up is perfect. Perfect. Perfect perfect having nightcrawler be somebody who's like i don't like this but at the same time as as much as i identify as a catholic nightcrawler very much identifies as a mutant first these days so like his his torn his his torn duality if you will between wanting to do what's right based on the religion that he's dedicated his whole life to versus doing what's right by basically his race you know by his people so it's fucking so I want to know how you feel about the crucible because essentially from what we can tell. All right. So let's go ahead and explain what the crucible is then. Is you have to get into a pit and fight apocalypse as a human and get the shit beat out of you until you don't give up. And then apocalypse kind of deems you worthy and then kills you and you get to come back as a mutant. Yes. So insane. it's um, like everything on Krakoa. It's fucking extreme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I also get the idea that, listen, if this is what you want, if you want us to go through the the resurrection protocol, which is something that we only want to do in cases of emergencies, then you need to prove that it is what you want. Yeah. And you need to prove to Apocalypse, who they've ceded a lot of power to, yeah. uh, and, and, and Apocalypse's whole thing is survival of the fittest. So he wants to know that you are dedicated to this cause. And if they're going to put the five to work, which is it's taxing for everybody. Yeah. I, I, I get where they're coming from. And, and I know I have a long history on this podcast of defending even the weirdest things that the mutants are doing. But again, 
there are people who have been, um, let's say, uh, tormented for their entire <laughs> existence. So, like, yeah. I can understand why they're like, you know what, we're going to have some trial by fires ourselves, too. You know, like, I get why they're a little extreme sometimes, but this is definitely one of the most hardcore, borderline barbaric things that they've done so far. Yes. But, and again, like, this aspects of it, I get. 100%. Like, like I just yeah. said, like, the idea that, like, this is some this is a big fucking deal. We still treat this as a big deal. I know it seems like it's going to be kind of like routine like oh you die you come back you die you come back you die you come back but it's not that simple. And yeah. as we've been exploring in <clears throat> X-Force and as I think is going to come up in Marauders, there is a downside. Like sure you get to come back, but you have to live with the trauma of dying. You have to live with the knowledge that you died. And now everything's going to feel weird, you know? Like so I, I get that they want to make sure that you are fully on board with what the fuck is about to happen and you're not doing it just because you want to have cool powers again. Yeah, it's, it's true. And I'm going to skip over the actual fight. The main point is uh, Melanie gets beat the fuck out of her by Apocalypse but stands strong and sticks with it the whole time and dies or is killed. Yeah. In this time, we see more of um, Nightcrawler and uh, Cyclops' conversation. I do want to, before we skip completely over the fight, because I, I agree with you. I mean, there's not a whole lot between her and Apocalypse other than him constantly saying, are you sure you want to do this? Do you think you're worthy? Do you think you, you know, right now you're a piece of shit. You're just a human, but like yeah. we can make you better. But I want to take a minute to talk about her, um, her look. She's got like a floral crown on and like, um, like a, what looks like a lay, but like, you know, kind of like a floral necklace. Yes. And it's got very like, obviously we're in Krakoa. Midsummer. <laughs> exactly. It's got, a, it's got a lot of that Mayflower, that May Queen vibe to it yeah. that I really like. So it's like a lot of like. Ritualistic. Very ritualistic. Very ritualistic. Very like, she is our May Queen right now. We are, we are dedicating this to her. This is her time. And she is going to be reborn as a beautiful flower, you know? Yeah. Uh, so after the fight, they bring her back after Apocalypse kills her, and then they're all celebrating, and she kind of floats in the air, and they're all happy. But Cyclops and Nightcrawler keep debating, like, when I die or you die, is it really us that comes back? He's trying to, he's conflicted, obviously, about his religion and what this is. And Cyclops wow. says, like, I'm happier than I've ever been. And they both, as they mentioned in this, they both have died and come back since we've started this series. You know, they yeah. they, they died in, what was it, House of X2? Like, yeah. wasn't it, like, real early on? So when Cyclops says, like, I don't really care because I'm happy, I'm at peace, like, this is the best way, Nightcrawler says something kind of interesting. I think I need to start a mutant religion. That is, yeah, that line, I was like, do you think, so I was, I, you know, I, I've been sitting with that. I'm thinking, is he being facetious? Because it's Nightcrawler. He's good yeah. for making a joke. Or is he serious? Is he like, no, we have our own culture. It, and I mean, it's the last, I mean, it, not, you know, not, it, it's not subtle at all. So like the last two panels are Melody in the sky, glowing like an angel. And then a close-up of her smiling with base, with the sun behind her, so or or her powers, I, I, you know, behind her, which kind of make her look like an angel, like like she's yeah. got like a halo around her. And the last lines of the book are, "I think I need to start a mutant religion." Like, I, it makes sense. They've been focusing so much on wanting to have their own culture now that it would make sense that I mean, 
wasn't Nightcrawler an ordained priest at some point too? Like he was, he, yeah. He's got, he's Absolutely got the chops. Was. So, yeah, so overall, how, how many X's do you give X-Men 7? Oh, five X's. 100%. Oh, yeah, there's one more thing I wanted to bring up that, again, I'm going to be really careful with. Uh, Nightcrawler does bring up the idea of, well, what if someone views their perfect self as Magneto's body? We oh, we need to get into that because, okay, so, yeah, they, they kept calling him the Wills. Like, people are writing Wills on Krakoa saying, when I die, I want to come back as Gambit. I want to come back as so-and-so. Which then that leads them to talking about basically the formation of the, the chimera because yeah. they're like, what if to what if you want to come back as a, a, a couple different people combined? Like they basically say, we don't want to do that. Like that is going to be something that that neither of them are on board for, but we yeah. know that's something that happens because we've a, seen the future in a possible future. Yeah, and a, we, we've seen a possible future. Yeah, I mean, and it looks like it might be happening. We don't know who those kids are in that Children of the Atom book that's coming out, but it yeah they look like amalgamation. Oh, yeah, they could just be that. <laughs> that could they could be the first Chimera. Who knows? You know, like yeah, that's crazy. But also, it does bring up the idea of what we have in our real society of people who are getting who are transgender and people exactly, yeah who say this is not me and this is what I want to become and mm-hmm. where do you go with that? What is yeah? You no, know, I think that's a, yeah to them. No, I think that's a good analogy, you know, like taking the X-Men continuity out of it for a second. Yeah, like, so now the X-Men are saying, no, you can't come back as Magneto, which I guess makes sense by their own rules because they, they've set the rules that, like, we have to confirm that you're dead because we don't need two Magnetos running around. Yeah. So, like, if Magneto's not dead, but I die and say I want to come back as Magneto, they're going to say, no, we already have a Magneto. You can come back as somebody else who's not but back. also, yeah. in your will... If I'm Cyclops, can I come back with eyes that work? Right? Like, I don't, because he didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of weird. Because, I mean, they do talk about that. Like, why not come back better? Like, not just, like, come back in a different body, but come back with, like, any deformity fixed, you know? Like, yeah. But I, I maybe, like, I guess. Everywhere written on Xavier's legs, legs, legs. Yeah, he's, uh, I'm. I'm thinking of what I want in my will. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put legs down. And yeah, then, standing. Um, for preferred mutant power, I'm going to say the ability to walk. and <laughs> <laughs> Like freakishly, like just expert running. <laughs> I want to be, I want to come back as Usain Bolt. That's who I want to come back. <laughs> All right. So next book caught me off guard because I, I kind of held it off because like, oh, it's a thick book. I need time to read it. Where are we going next? Too much. <laughs> I'm talking about the first giant size X-Men. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Okay. I just want to make sure I pulled up the right one. Yeah. By Jonathan Hickman and Russell Dodderman. Dodderman? Yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah, okay. I, think I don't know if you know who he is, the artist. He is fantastic, obviously. Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah, I've seen his work before. I can't remember. Yeah, where, he drew yeah. most of um, female Thor run by Jason. Ooh, I did like that art. I mean, I didn't read the books, but I remember seeing the art from it. It was really good. Yeah, he wrote. He drew most of that and the War of Realms comic event. Oh, cool! So, so I saw he did this. I'm like, hell yeah! And he knocked out of the park with this. Oh my issue. god, the art in this book. I mean, even even when the faces are like really static and and like non emotive, they're still really good. Yeah, um, most. Of, if you don't already know, most of this book is art. I believe yeah, one, so, two pages, and then the last page has. One. Yeah, so the first page and the last page. So. This is a silent issue. The do you 
real quick, I'm just going to mention the plot real quick because we can't talk about this book without talking about what this book basically like um, play, pays homage to. So in this book, something happens to Storm. We don't know really what happens, but she basically passes out and she's bleeding from the nose or the head or somewhere around that area. And so Jean and Emma psychically go into her mind to try to figure out what had caused Storm to collapse. And when they, just to go ahead and spoil the ending, we can go through it from there. But they basically discover at the end of it that the children of the vault, who we recently saw in one of the X-Men books, when they confronted Storm, gave her like a, a machine virus. And that is basically causing her brain to to shut down. This book... In 30 days, yeah. Yeah. This book is almost shot for shot, if you want to use movie terms, is a shot for shot remake of new Grant Morrison's new X-Men 121. The really? silent the silent issue. In that one, they go into Cassandra Nova's head. Gene and Emma go into Cassandra Nova's head to find out what the hell is going on because Xavier is missing. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh. so they go through basically a journey. And they find out her, how it happened. Yeah. And they find out that he and when they when that book ends, that book ends with Emma coming out. There's they go into a room that says silence, you know, much like this one. They're, they're, they go into a room to do this. So they, it's like an echo chamber type thing or what, whatever, whatever you would call it where like sound doesn't get in actually. Um, and so they're in there and for the new X-Men one, they come out and they say, Xavier is Cassandra Nova's twin. We need to talk. And this one ends with, the children of the vault gave storm a virus. We need to talk. Like even the ending line is exactly the same. And like, it's so good when I was reading this, cause I love, that is one of my favorite single issues of any X-Men is that silent issue. Much like my favorite Buffy episode is the silent episode. <laughs> um, but it's so good. And this one is so good because now it takes a character. I don't really like in Cassandra Nova. I mean, I like her, but like, yeah, it's a bad person. I don't like it. And puts and puts like more emphasis on it because you're worried about Storm. Storm is great. And like, and backing this with X Men 7, which was named Life Death, I think is really good because this one is basically set in Storm's mind as she's dying. And you see a lot of the same imagery that you see when in that series of Life Death and then after when Storm goes to rediscover who she is without her powers. Like, but the use of color in this issue. Oh my god, it's beautiful. This amazing. book is fucking gorgeous. But, and you see like the repercussions of being kind of intertwined with Wakanda and the African culture mm-hmm. of like open fields and one tree and stuff like that. And you see a lot of the good reactions to Jean, but negative reactions to Emma. Oh my god, I love when like when her psyche, when Storm Psyche sees Jean and like embraces her but then sees storm or i mean sees emma and like punches her in snake. the face or, yeah, and it's giant like, snake yeah gets her and shit it's so funny um, um also in the so, beginning before they jump into the brain it starts with um scott and gene walking holding hands and then let's go up his hand and gives a kiss to um wolverine yes you see scott's hand go around wolverine kind of like on his shoulder yeah, so yeah, it ends with Gene walking away, kind of like looking back at both Scott and Logan. 
Yeah. And and Scott has his hand on Logan's shoulder while Emma is waiting for Jean so they can go into whatever room they're using for the psychic investigation. Um so, I do yeah, wanna say <laughs> um I do want to say about this before we get into, obviously they're all in a relationship together. Um, I do want to say that it has been a long time since I've seen somebody accurately draw how tiny Wolverine is. Like if you like Scott is towering over him, like he he should be as he should be like everybody towered. I mean, he's like five, two, you know, like (laughs) Wolverine's tiny. So like, I I do like that. um, This book in particular is doing a really good job at still showing Wolverine, as tough and muscular and scary, but also very short, which I, I think a lot of people, especially once they cast Hugh Jackman many years ago, like they've kind of done the art to kind of match it. Yeah. yeah match a little bit more of that. So I do, there's another shot since this is all silent. There's another shot as Jean is, is touching um, Storm's head to go into her body before G before Emma joins her, she takes a swig from her flask. And the look that Gene gives her, like, oh, it was great, so good, like, really. Like, like, come on, you dummy, let's go. But like, that picture that, they use to have like the symbolism of their brain swirling in her oh, brain, so beautiful. I want that as a background on my phone now, right? Like, I want that as like, a poster, man. That's so cool looking. But so, in the, so right after that, you see a once they're in Storm's brain, the first thing you see is a tree on like the, the African plains with what looks like you know, kind of a crown that kind of looks like storms. Her headpiece. Yeah, ab- above it. This, again, is a ref. I went back and looked at the New Mutants, or not New Mutants, New X-Men 121. This, when they first go into Cassandra Nova's brain, there's like this this pillar, and it's very phallic looking. This one is kind of, you know, like still a pillar, but a little bit more feminine and a little bit more like... um not shaped like a penis and shaped like other <laughs> other bit you know what i'm saying like like just the way they kind of played with like jonathan hickman's love of grant morrison is out of control and i love it <laughs> uh so they go through her mind they go through the planes we mentioned already the reaction to gene and to very different reactions uh, they fight off imagery then they eventually ride an elephant with butterfly wings so cool looking too Oh, another picture I want, like a poster of, is like Gene just psychic energy blasting out of her. Oh my god, I just got to that page too. So good looking, man. This Beautiful. is absolutely. I, and she's wearing, she's not wearing the Marvel Girl outfit, which I don't think we've commented on so far. So true, yeah. This is the first is, time she's wearing. This is from when she came back in X Men Red. Yeah, this is, and I like. I mean, I might be in the minority, but I like this outfit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's weird because we see her in X Force. Jean's a regular in X Force, and she's in the Marvel Girl outfit. And then yeah. here she's not. And I wish she would not be more often. This is a cool look for her. I like this look. It is. So eventually they get inside her mind, and of course it's kind of like a storm in her mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you see it. There's a spirally staircase. They're trying to go down. Um, eventually they find kind of like a field and an egg. And they crack the egg. Uh, Emma <laughs> looks at Jean and kind of looks like, eh, like, let's see what happens. Yeah, let's give it a go. Pull on the flower, and you see Storm, and they're happy because they found her. But then they touch her, and her skin actually peels off to a countdown clock. Yes. And like a machine skeleton kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which and is I, when, which is, I oh, guess, and, what makes them yeah, realize, yeah. 
then in kind of lightning, like pink lightning, it says, save me. And then she... And that's when they come out and tell Scott and Logan that she... We need, we need to take a minute. Virus. So Scott is... Scott and Logan are just sitting there waiting for them to come out. And this scene where we cut back to them just kind of quietly waiting outside the room, fucking Wolverine is just sitting there smelling a flower. <laughs> He's on a flower, yeah. Like, this is a nice flower. I'm gonna sniff this flower. Yeah, I like to. Do. I like to imagine that Scott picked it for him earlier and gave it to him, and he's still just <laughs> sniffing. <it. laughs> um. So yeah. So it ends with Jean coming out and saying the children in the vault gave Storm a machine virus that's going to kill her in the next thirty days. We ought to talk. So real quick, I'm gonna load up. Um. Raise your volume a little. Uh, so yeah, sorry. So real quick, I'm gonna read you. I still have it pulled up. So the end of I'll show you. Can you see my screen? My camera through. Can you see? Uh, kind of glares. But that's that's the scene from New X Men twenty one one twenty one. And so when she and Emma come out, they say she says Professor X tried to kill his twin sister while they were both still in the womb. We ought to talk. Like exactly you know like the parallels between these two books are so good man i just i'm i love this type i love this book so much yeah no fantastic book five five x's five x's without a doubt um (laughs) so yeah so the book so giant size x-men is a very obviously a very visual book i mean they all are they're comics but there there's no text in this at all so if you have not read it you have to find this book because our descriptions are not doing any justice to this book you have no. to go see it this art is amazing so where are we going next we're going to wolverine number one by benjamin percy or price yeah, percy, percy yeah and we have two artists in this one right so because technically it's two books in one Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> was that a nice surprise when you were reading it going, wait a minute, what? Um, I, I assumed it would, like, when I saw the page count, I was like, all right, so is this, two, is this two stories or is this one of those things where they're like, oh, here's the script at the end? Like, So can I, I think maybe controversial. I don't know if it's controversial. I don't know. Um, but I like the second story more than the first story. I'm thinking, which is not something you should do. I think the second story is more of a Wolverine story, while the first one's more of an X-Force story. I am thinking, and I agree with you. I do, I do, uh, as much as I don't like vampires in my X-Men, I do. I I am coming to accept that that is the world we live in, thanks Jubilee. Um, (laughs) So I can accept it. We live in a world where Omega Red has been around. They got vampires. All things are possible. So if there are going to be vampires, what better way to tell it than in Paris with Wolverine? So yeah, I, I, I feel like I might have liked the art better in story one. Yes. But the story better in story two. And also, is every issue going to be like this now? Is every issue going to be two separate stories? I don't know because we have two completely different threads going on here, right? Like, or, yeah. or, or how are we going to, I don't, I don't think so. Cause I don't want to spend $8, however much this book was for every yeah. fucking issue. Um, so the first story starts off. And again, I feel like this is more of an X-Force story because it's the same writer for X-Force. Yes. In the X-Force team. 
for a good chunk of it. But yes, let's get into it. It starts off with Wolverine kind of like ripped to shreds, not really knowing what's going on. And then slowly you see the X-Force of Domino, Kid Omega, and Gene cut to bits. They've been completely slaughtered. Obviously, it was him because there's claw marks inside their bodies. Yes. He's confused, doesn't know why or what he did, but he knows he has to follow the footprints. That's all he can really remember and kind of grasp onto. Yes. Uh, then we have Wolverine. It kind of cuts back to, I think, five days ago. Yes. Wolverine's playing with kids. On the <laughs> He's playing hide-and-seek. Yeah, naturally, like classic Wolverine. Yep. Um, Gene has to go find him because Kitty wants to talk to him. Also, side note, we'll get into this more with um, X-Men Fantastic Four, but having Kitty be in her current state in her main book and then have her all the time in the other books kind of takes something away from it. It does. I mean, I understand that these books are taking place before. Uh, well, we assume. It seems, we like assume exactly, books, yeah. <laughs> it seems like these books are taking place before um, what's happening in Marauders. And if that's the case, it just makes me sadder for what's going on in Marauders because that last Marauders issue that we'll talk about. Yeah, I remember that. Oh my God, it was so sad. So um, before, we, t- before we move on, so he's playing hide and seek with the kids. They asked Jean to help, him, help them find him. She says, obviously I'm going to because she needs to find him anyway for um, Kitty. For Kitty. But they said, do it, Miss Jean. He hides too hard. And Jeannie says, you'll have to forgive Logan. He does everything too hard. <laughs> I think I caught that. All right. <laughs> so. This, this is a horny two weeks for X-Men. This, I mean, the Dawn of X just in general has been uh, pretty frisky, if you will. But yeah. Yeah, this these the books we're covering today are probably the the horniest of all the books. Yeah. Um. So we have Kitty and Logan talking, and I always like their interactions because it's always been like a good kind of either older brother or fatherly vibe between. Yeah. Them. Yeah. The, the, this he one actually has a felt different. Role. This one felt more kind of they're on the same field because she's more she's kind of older and more mature and telling him, "Hey, this is a good look for you," even though I know you won't admit it. You're happy. I can see you're happy. You know? Yeah, and I don't I don't appreciate so so when does this take place? Because I don't think Wolverine would have done this, but he calls her Kitty. And I, I feel right like at the beginning. Like the, again, just before like, she told everybody that she wants to be Kate. Because I think if she were to tell Wolverine she wants to be called Kate, he would call her Kate. Yes, I agree. So this might have been very early on then before she that or one of those things where like you know your brother can still call you that little name maybe maybe i still feel like he would do it because that's what she wants unless she specifically said you can still call me kitty no one else can but or or does this take place has she been resurrected is this taking place slightly in the future and now she's like you know now i died and came back i want to be kitty again my my midlife crisis is I, I'm done with it. Or she doesn't remember her midlife crisis because they never were able to back her up. So she does like <laughs> that's true. So we cut to an investigator for the CIA investigating uh, a new uh, drug going around. You mean the dude from the Big Lebowski? Yeah, he's essentially the dude. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm gonna call him that from now on. You're right. Like with a I, big scar on his 
head. Yeah, I mean, he's dressed like the dude. He talks like the dude. He's wearing fucking sandals to a goddamn crime scene. So, I for the most for most of reading this, I thought this dude was like not really with the CIA. He was just like lying or something. Because I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck lets this guy go there? So his job is to investigate. Uh, what's it called? Pollen, right? They're just calling it the pollen. Yeah. So it's, it's a, a drug, drug yeah. being made out of Krakoan medicine. Yes. People are ODing on this, and Wolverine and his team of the experts have to also investigate this. So Gateway makes a portal. Um. So it can go to the place where they think it's coming from. In the meantime, the dude is checking on his daughter, who you find out needs the same medicine to save her life. Yeah, so I really doubt the CIA would let this guy... He's doing this on his own. There's no way they would let him investigate something that he was this close to. Like, he has yeah. too many personal feelings in this. Uh, then before we, they go in the portal, we learn about the Order of X... And this is probably my favorite aspect of the book right here. So we've talked about the Order of X before. They mentioned yes. a few issues. Yeah, this is the cult that basically worships mutants as though they're the new gods. Yeah, and they, not the DC new gods. Yeah, not, I was like, not those new gods. <laughs> um, so this Order of X puts an X somewhere in their body. The main leader right here has it on his mouth. And I love Kid Omega's reaction of like, oh no, this is the way it should be. Yeah, Kid Omega, very, very um, on brand, coming in and be like, oh no, they can worship me. This is cool. <laughs> but then <clears throat> we see them take some of the pollen, and they believe if they consume a mutant, they can become a mutant or something equal. Yes. So they all ingest pollen and then try and eat Kid Omega. <laughs> yep. The best laid yeah. plans of Kid Omega often go awry. And that's when Wolverine says, basically, fuck the prime directive, as I'll call it. Okay. Um, they're trying to kill us. <laughs> yes. You know, at some point, you know, you got to defend yourself. Yeah. You know? Like. So after they are attacking the Order of X, all of them just die anyway. They all kind of like fizzle out because yes. they all bleed on this pollen. Yeah, exactly. It was a bad, a bad batch of pollen. So they cut to Wolverine meeting a drug dealer. It says, one day ago in Moscow, he wants to know what the deal is, where they get the pollen from. And he tells them, we have psychic dampeners because this woman, that was a woman in white, right? I think that's what they called her. Yeah. No, the pale woman. The pale girl. The pale pale woman. Uh, When she came here last time, she made us do, she made me do this to my eye. And there's like a big, like kind of hole in his eye. Yeah, he, he says, because I'm looking at it right now, he says she, she made him take a lighter and hold it to his eye until it like melted in its socket. So, assumingly, we're dealing with a powerful psychic. Yes. Yeah. That's what it certainly seems like. Then we cut to Wolverine in the snow again, and he sees the pale woman, the pale girl. So, we're assumed that when they got close to finding her, he just made Wolverine kill his friends. That's what it seems like, yeah. And she disappears, and the uh, the dude and his and his CIA friends. Yeah, and his CIA friends find him, find Wolverine, and he says, "Who the hell are you?" And he says, "I've been wondering the same thing." Yeah, I mean, overall, good story. Um, I would give this this story probably just three X's on its own. It's yeah, three. Basically, just a and like you said, just an X Force story. Not really, not necessarily an 
a Wolverine story, more just X-Force with Wolverine as the leader instead of Beast, which seems to be the, the going theme right now in X-Force. But moving on to uh, story number two, which is drawn by Victor... Why did I pick this name to pronounce? Bag, Bagdanovich? <laughs> Bagdanovich? Oh, there it is. Bagdanovich. Um, it's called Catacombs. And yeah. Like well, as I mentioned, that, this felt more like a Wolverine comic story. Very, very much so. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it literally starts with him running through a jungle. <laughs> like, yeah. And also it has him dealing with an enemy, having to accept a deep enemy. And yeah. as a 90s kid, seeing Omega Red, I'm like, fuck yeah, Omega Red. Oh, man. Fucking Omega. What a, every time I see Omega Red, I'm always like, what the fuck is his powers again? <laughs> like, what? Yo, what yeah, is, totally. Like, He's very is, much in the apocalypse realm of like, so you're a god? Yeah, what? like you just drain the life of other mutants, but then like, but then you were also like medically enhanced. So what part of you is mutant? Is mutant? Part of you <laughs> enhanced? Like, I don't understand anything about Omega Red anymore other than motherfucker still looks cool. Still yeah, cool. looks cool. So the book, this part of the book opens up Wolverine running across the, the island and he sees Omega Red covered in blood coming through the portal. And he's basically saying, I need amnesty. I understand you have that here. I'm a mutant, so what's up? And immediately Wolverine's like, I don't give a fuck. You weren't at the we're cool orgy. Fuck you. <laughs> and I because immediately my needle just stops him. Oh, I know. They're just like, hey, we don't do that. He's a mutant. He's welcome here. And he's like, not this motherfucker. I know. Just, <laughs> just I, you can feel like the writing in this, in these, in this scene is so good because you can feel the yeah. frustration with Wolverine. And you feel his hatred for Omega Red, but you can also feel his frustration of having to take orders from Magneto, who yeah. in Wolverine's mind is still a bad guy. So he's like, I have to listen to a bad guy. Tell me I can't kill a bad guy. And I don't like any of this. And then he says, well, he's covered in blood. Like, what do you think he's going to do here? And he says, that's not all of it. All of it is not his blood. And then Omega Red kind of passes out on the floor. Yes. And then <laughs> I kind of love this part. because I, I do like this. I do like you're this. You're going to investigate what happened. And he just chucks him through the portal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just sends him back through the portal to see why is, he, why is he covered in blood? I don't know. I'll send you over there. You figure it out. You find it out. So Wolverine's now in Paris, and he sees blood uh, in a car. And he opens it up, and a guy jumps out half dead. And he tells Magneto what happened, and also tells him, like, listen, this guy's a menace. He's going to kill people, he's going to hurt people, and we need to either kick him out or kill him. And, yes. and I Magneto don't disagree. Says, yeah, and Magneto doesn't disagree, but he also says, like, they'll come back. It's fine. And this is where it gets really interesting, where he says, like, coming back doesn't mean anything. You still have that trauma. Yeah. Yeah, no, Wolverine definitely understands what it's like to die and come back. Yeah. He does it all the fucking time. <laughs> um, then he questions Omega Red, kind of like a semi-prison cell. Like he's yes. Lines. Yeah, he's in a, a, he's in a Krakoan cave. Yeah. And Omega Red basically says like, oh, it's okay, you can trust me. Go investigate, do what you gotta do, but you can trust me. Um, and he said the bodies left behind uh, basically weren't me. It's the person who did this to me. So Wolverine goes to Paris to see what's going on. He meets a woman who's offering him flowers, like, aggressively. And he literally says, fuck off to her. As Wolverines want to do, yes. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and this is another reason it felt like a Wolverine solo story too, because he's on his own adventure, but also like any good Wolverine or Gambit story just happens to meet a beautiful woman yeah. who's also investigating the same thing as he is. <laughs> like, it's like a oh, classic 90s Wolverine story. So Wolverine goes to this bar that Omega Red said to go to, and he's drinking and realizes he's been poisoned. But because there's a healing factor, of course, he wakes up pretty early. But he wakes up upside down, tied up by vampires who literally put a cork like in his. Oh God, that's such a good seat. Like so, was, uh, so visceral. This goes off crazy and starts slicing their head off. Yeah, I mean, he knows they're vampires, so like he's not breaking any mutant law. No, and also, oh, okay, I just realized what this art reminds me of. This art looks like Greg Capullo. Oh, I see it. Yeah, it does. Especially in this darker tones, it looks yeah. just. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, obviously you you see more of it, but yeah, I definitely see that. Yeah, and then the woman he bumped into, offered flowers, comes there with like a solar gun, and this badass, almost like huntress style, like '90s huntress style costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely got like a a weird mix of like a a D, like huntress from DC, but also like you know very like. Um, What's the word? Oh, like crusades. Like it's just got a very yeah. like modern, like a crusades look to it. So she kind of kind of rescues Wolverine and says like, oh yeah, the flowers I put in your face were things vampires don't like. And that's why I was testing to see if you were one of them. Because your dumbass was just walking into a vampire bar. <laughs> and uh, Mega Red kind of tells Wolverine like, yeah, it's vampires. Like they're the problem. I didn't do it. Yeah. And Wolverine's like, you could have mentioned vampires before I went to the vampires. Yeah. Um, we have the woman and Wolverine working together, getting their weapons. Like she has a whole stock room of different swords and crossbows. Very like Buffy-esque. Like a, oh, like a... yeah. Definitely felt like when Giles opens up the, the room with all the weapons in it. And then Wolverine's like, I'm all set. I got these. It's all good. So they go into the catacombs. And immediately fall to like a trap. And Wolverine's like, listen, let me catch you. Like, trust me, it's fine. <laughs> and falls into a bunch of spikes and should be dead, of course. And as they fight off more vampires, he's just slicing through. Again, great art. He's slicing through them. And uh, what happened? She, she gets taken captive by the, yes. the group of vampires. So he basically makes a trade and lets them drink from him. Yes. So that they let her go. And as they do, they all fly back to Dracula. Dracula. And he and kind Wolverine of like siphons them. At some point, Wolverine cuts off what he thinks is their leader's head. Yeah. But she's the one who says, no, that's not their leader, dude. So this is interesting. You might not know about this. In the uh, Avengers comic book by Jason Aaron, there was actually a major civil war between vampires. And it kind of ended with, it was very recent, it was like last year. And it kind of ended with Dracula having no more power. Like, he was literally in a Russian prison with nothing. Last I saw Well, whatever, however they got him out, it seems to be working. He seems to have his power back. The last uh, page is Dracula, I'm assuming Dracula? Yeah. In daytime. Yeah. A very um, Bram, Bram Stoker's Dracula style. Yes. Giving a vial to Omega Red. Basically saying, if I give you this... You don't need to feed anymore, but you have to inform me what's happening in Kokoa. Yeah. Now you work for me. So basically, Omega Red sent Wolverine there 
so that Dracula could get Wolverine's blood, which now I guess is giving him healing factors so he can walk out in the sun is what I'm think what yeah. I think happened, right? Yeah. I'd say so. So yeah, Omega Red, um yeah, still a bad guy. So uh Wolverine was right. Wolverine's right, man. When you know you know. When you know you know. So how many how many X's would you give that story? So okay, the first story I give three X's. Same here. And the second story, I'll give three and a half. Okay. I, I it felt more Wolverine. Like that's it did. what I expect to get if I'm getting an X Men book. Yeah. I, I gave it four because co- the Comicsology app doesn't let me do half stars. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. All, All right. right. So last one of the evening. It is X Men plus Fantastic Four. This again had a lot of interesting moments and I think repercussions for people's actions. Oh yeah. So the book opens up with the Fantastic Four yelling at um, Cyclops saying, where the fuck are my kids? We know you took them. And Cyclops being brutally honest, (laughs) essentially, which gets him in trouble with Sue Storm. Oh yeah, gets him in trouble, all right. Yeah. I would tell you if your kid was here, we're not gonna kidnap your kid. And honestly, I wouldn't want Val here because she's a human. And who kind of snaps? It's like, wait a minute. So you value my son's life, but not my daughter's life? This was one of, this was definitely one of the moments where I was like, wow, I, this is one of the first moments I'm not quite on the same side as the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. Like he really did just say one of your kids is more important than the other. Yeah. Like that's like, you can say one of your kids has a home here and the other one doesn't like, like we wouldn't like she's it's not that she's not welcome here but she wouldn't have refuge here like like the other one you know but the way he said it was very much like no we don't want the other one she's a dirty human yeah and then uh, Magneto says this is going to be a problem and he's like yeah yeah it's going to be a problem yeah. he literally says yeah eric it will <laughs> like he doesn't because <laughs> up until now he's been calling him sir like right now he's like yeah eric we fucked up <laughs> like it's gonna be a fucking problem no duh uh so we have the fantastic four kind of arguing about how to handle this really and the thing kind of showing he's still a little pissed at reed like yeah, this no shit fault. <laughs> yeah well it is reed's fault uh like Krakoa, i'd imagine help us okay so yeah basically what happens is sue is like we're going there we gotta we gotta go get our kids we got to take the fight to the x-men and reed is telling her no we can't they're a nation now if we attack them it's an act of war like we yeah can't which is that. reasonable Again, which is reasonable it's, but it's the type of thinking that reed has yes but the fantastic three are like um yeah but our kids are in danger like i don't give basically. a shit yeah like well i mean because it's you know they're basically um Johnny and, and Ben's nephew and niece and, and yeah. you know, like they're all family. So it's like, no, dude, the kids are in danger. We got to go. So that's how it ends with the Fantastic Four. Then we cut to um, Kate Pride Doom fighting Kitty yeah. and the Marauders. Uh, very quickly, he beats them. <laughs> yes, it's a very fast uh, one page fight. <laughs> <laughs> and Kitty wakes up at a dinner table. And if you guys listen to the episode where I explained to Josh, the relationship between Doom and um, the kids, Reed Richards' kids. I'm glad you did because that made this scene a lot funnier. Yeah, you can see it play out because Val definitely respects Doom. 
yeah and not just respects him but also like can talk to him like a little bit more like normally than most people do you know she's like yeah can we just eat finally good like the way she talks to him is like no one talks to doom like that and he says like i'm brought you here this is an island i have just for mutants not in a bad way i promise not in a bad way but franklin i want to unlock your power i want to do what your father can't do which is all how Doom views the world. I'm better than you, Richards. Yes. So I want to make you reach your full potential. And then we see a little graph about how many mutants live in Kukoa, how many mutants live off it, and how many are Omega-level mutants. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty interesting graph. Well, it's a little confused. Like, is that one? That one dot doesn't actually mean one. No, each like, each dot represents 50 mutants. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that here. Okay. Yeah, I just noticed it myself. So 200,000 live on Rokoa. Yes. And then 10,000 are off Rokoa. And, and then, then there are total of 50, 50 Omega-level mutants that we know of. Yeah. That's Which, cool. that's a high number. I didn't think that many people <laughs> lived on Rokoa. Yeah, that is a big population. Yeah, like that's, um, I'm just going to say it, and they mentioned in this book for the first time, really. That's, that's a war-level amount you have an army of mutants. Yeah, I mean, you don't need an army of mutants. You just need that. Oh, you need fifty omega level mutants. And <laughs> enough. Like, Probably, yeah. The war's over. And uh, I don't know if I passed it, but there is a moment where Doom says, "Like, I know where this is going. This is going to war." Like, this. Oh is yeah, Doom. and that's why he started his own island and be like, "No, my." It, 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 the implication there is that what what's the name of his country again? I'm blanking on the name. Latveria. Yeah, Latveria. Basically, he's saying. I'm not letting Latvarian mutants go there. They can come here instead. Is that what's happening? Like, yeah. he created his own Krakoa for his own mutants? Basically. Okay. But we see some more sinister ideas at the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, because it's Dr. fucking Doom. Yeah. So I really like this next part because it's essentially the Quiet Council saying, eventually, the Fantastic Four are going to come here, even though we don't have the fucking kids. It's the Fantastic Four. They're gonna come here, and then all of a sudden, oh yeah, they're already they've been there. They've been yeah, they've been there the whole time. <laughs> it's a it's a nice even playing field to to think Fantastic Four could sneak on this island that we know the defenses of the detailed defenses of this island. Yeah, I mean it, it makes sense Quiet because council room. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's the Fantastic fucking Four. I mean, just Reed Richards and Sue Storm alone could do it. Frankly, you know, like yeah. So they get on there and a big fight ensues. Um, and by the way, for listeners, I'm still calling her Sue Storm because she still needs to divorce Reed Richards. <laughs> so immediately they knock out Sue. Uh, Magneto, I believe, does. So they're now visible. And then there's a big fight breaks out. And then we cut back to uh, Doom's Island where Doom actually references that he feels he knows Kitty's powers better than she knows them. Yep. Um, that's interesting. And I really, and I think there's a reason they say that in the same issue that they have a data, a data page on there being 50 Omega mutants. Maybe I'm wondering yeah. if they're going to kind of build up to Kitty being an Omega mutant. It's possible. Cause she What's, is one of the few mutants with uh, that power. The ultimate version of phasing. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she can phase, already, already phase the bullet through the planet. Exactly. Time, so. I mean, that's Omega level if you ask me, but like, Sure. Like we've kind of gone with like a lot of the Omega mutants are basically the only mutants that we've ever seen as readers that have that power, you know, like Magneto is an Omega mutant. How many 
magnet based mutants have we seen you know like iceman True. there's not we haven't come across many ice based mutants before he he's just been established as an omega mutant you know like mm-hmm. a storm we don't see many weather weather mutants you know so so we cut to another fight between fantastic four and a few of the x-men uh, which okay a part of me was like you just gave me a spreadsheet of how many mutants live on this island there should probably be more fighting them yeah, they seem to get away very easily. It seems like only the Quiet Council is chasing them and the other 200,000 residents of Krakoa are, I guess, napping. <laughs> so eventually they realize they have to wake up soon to get the fuck out of there. So they- oh, no, here we go. There is a scene when they turn around, when they're getting closer to the beach, they turn around and Colossus, Psylocke, uh, Cannonball, Gambit, Rogue, seeing who I can tell, and Wolverine, I can't tell who the other, there's two others I can't tell who they are, are like right behind them. Yeah. Do you see it? Um, so eventually, Sue, they, like, we have to wake up Sue. And they know Emma's trying to psychically connect with them, but their suit's blocking it. So Reed intentionally opens up Sue's mask so at least she'll wake up. Yes. And then closes it again. <clears throat> and then they, they all escape in like a, a force field bubble. And Xavier basically kind of looks at it going like, well, all right, I see how it is. <laughs> like, he yeah. just did my home. Yeah, Xavier's like, uh, yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut back to um, Doom Island, where Doom lets him see, lets Kitty see her friends, the Marauders. And more proof that this is the beginning of Marauders, because um, Tyro has a mask on, not face paint. I mean, a tattoo on his face. Yeah, but he, yeah, he has the mask on, so we can't, yeah, the, no, because the, the face tattoo goes lower than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she still, of course, doesn't trust Doom and wants to know what's really going on. Can't imagine why. Her brother, listen, you can trust him because he's so arrogant and wants to show up dad. That's why we can trust him. Immediately cuts to Doom watching this conversation because that's how he does. Yeah, he's a, Doom is a pervert. We, gotta, we just got to be yeah, honest about it. Right? Totally is, yes. Absolutely. Pervert. He's talking to one of his commanders back in Latveria saying, should I come and help you? He's like, no. Doom always has a plan. And it cuts to Doombot Sentinels. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not well, not pleased with what Doom is pulling with his Sentinel bots there. Especially since he's allegedly, and again, please let us know if I'm off on my reading of this book. It's been a couple days, but I got the impression that Doom Island was supposed to be a Krakoa for Latvarian mutants. Mm-hmm. because Doom doesn't want to give up any power to actual Krakoa. So he's like, oh, look, I, you, I gave you your own island. But now See? he's also creating Sentinels. So uh, not See? cool. <laughs> so that's the four books we're covering this week. What do you, how many X's you give the second issue of this? It felt a little scattered at times. Because we kept jumping two different things. And yeah. I kind of we focused on one or the other. Yeah. Because they're both important events. Yes, I think they. I, I think neither was done justice by trying to cram them into this one issue. Yeah, I ended up. I gave it four because I can't do half stars, and I really yeah. I liked both of them, both of the stories. I just wish I would have had more time with one of them. You know. Yeah, so I, I give it three because that. Yeah. Like it wasn't bad by any means. It was interesting. We're progressing. And I, and I still love the art. I love. I love. Yeah, yeah art's good. Art, yeah. Um, I think. I don't know where this is going. Like, is it going to end with everyone just ganging up on Dr. Doom? Because that feels kind of cheesy. I know? don't like that. If that's where it goes, it's just they have to team up. I mean, it is called 
Fantastic Four plus X Men. Like yeah, not versus. Yeah. yeah. So if that is how it ends, I am going to be a little disappointed that it's just another like team up to beat Doctor Doom story. Yeah. But um, if even if that is where it goes, if there's some kind of implications of like, oh, great, now Doctor Doom has created smarter Sentinels, which then helps propel Orcus or whatever the hell that group is that's making Sentinels out in space. Like, is that going to tie into that at all? Like, yeah. that, that would feel a little bit more interesting to me than just like, oh, well, we had to beat Doctor Doom to save our kid and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I get it. That's every Fantastic Four story. <laughs> Exactly. I do hope we get a definitive answer about Franklin and his powers and what's happening. Yeah, and, and at least at the end of the story, be like, all right, where's Franklin live? Does Franklin is Franklin gonna live on Krakoa? Is Franklin gonna live on Yancey Street? Like, where is he going? You know? Yeah, and we'll get more into where people live when we talk about uh, New Mutants. Yeah, that's right. Sunspot and stuff like that. Yeah, how that works for people. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a fun issue. Just I, I. Where it looks like it's going, where I hope it's going, are two different things. So I'm just keeping it open. Exactly. I felt way more enthused at the end of issue one than I did after this one. Yes. Like I was really excited for this series. I loved issue one. I mean, we talked for like 45 minutes almost about issue number one. Like we loved it. Uh, This one, I think, was just okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for sticking with us. Sorry we're late. and I'm sorry in advance if uh, this episode was a little spotty in the audio. That's just what happens sometimes when you uh, do, do it across online. Yep. Hopefully, but, it, hopefully it's not as bad as it sounds for us. <laughs> <laughs> but again, if it is, sorry. Next episode, we're going to be in the same room, so it'll be much more crystal clear for our get voices. It. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's four issues. Next episode, we should be doing two issues of marauders two issues of new mutants excalibur and x-force so yes come on so that's going to be a jam-packed one so come back and find us um in the meantime where can they find you on twitter you can find me at madman3005 also quick shout out to everyone who's been using saying all the kind words to us on twitter lately uh people who've been liking and subscribing to my or not subscribing but uh, joining my page on, on twitter it's been so nice kind words Really, really appreciate it, guys. We both really appreciate it. I mean, it just it, it baffles my mind when people take the time to write something nice about me. So thank you all so much. And speaking of, thank you for reminding me. We did in the since our last episode, we did have a new podcast review on iTunes. Oh, so I'm just gonna go ahead and read oh, that. Oh yeah, 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 you sent it to me. Yes, this is from Jake Jake Lake. <laughs> That's very funny. Jake Jake Lake um, <laughs> gave us five X's. So thank you for sticking with the theme. I just discovered this podcast, and it's everything I never knew I needed. One episode, and I'm convinced we're all friends grabbing beers on Krakoa. Love all the historical context you bring to the table and the energy to articulate my excitement and frustration with all the repercussions. Keep up the good work. Two heart emojis, and then hashtag divorce read. Thank you. Hashtag fuck apocalypse. Fair. And hashtag more F-bombs. I feel like I had fewer F-bombs, actually, in this episode. Maybe it's something about recording on on the on the same platform i use for work a lot so maybe that's <laughs> that's kind of the one reason that happened um well toughen up motherfucker yeah i got good rid of where can they find you josh they can find me at xbrarian it's librarian with an x awesome well until next time guys we'll see you next time triple x time um just one x time three because of the polyamorous See you next time, guys.